Good morning and welcome to the Center for Spiritual Living Midtown Atlanta, where we remind you that such is the nature of life, that all it asks and all it wants is the opportunity to appear. You're that opportunity, so am I, and so it is. So welcome, I'm here to, uh, to celebrate life. We are talking about the four areas of life this month, and today we're going to be talking about work. Yay, right? Good, exciting. All right, good. Yes, all right. So moving on. Welcome. If you're here for the first time or if you're watching us for the first time, we give you a special welcome and let you know that uh, wherever you are, whoever you are, whatever you are, however you understand yourself, however you name yourself, whatever communities you're part of, what, how any of that works, we celebrate you. We believe in you. We believe in your ability to grow your ability to, to change into that which you wish to be, your ability to, to in just enjoy life. It's the great gift. It's the one thing we've all been given equally all across the board, and therefore uh, it's what we celebrate. We're here for that on Sunday mornings. Now, there are some challenges for many of us about life and living life, and, and for some time, you know, one of the things this teaching does or one of the things we do here is offer ideas and, and practices and processes for taking your life to another level, to a better expression, to a greater freedom in one of the four or five areas of life that, that is going on, in whatever area you're doing that. So I want to tell you a little more about who we are, but instead of me doing it, I want our practitioners and board to do that. So let's hear about the Declaration of Principles. I believe. I believe. I believe in one God. One absolute power and first cause to all things. I believe that this power is perfect love. And creates out of a desire to express love. I believe all thought is creative and how I choose to think creates my personal experience. I believe in the unity of all life. And the immortality of the individual soul. Forever unfolding. I believe. I believe. I believe in the eternal goodness. The eternal goodness of God. The eternal loving kindness. And the eternal givingness of God to all. And so it is. And so it is. And so it is. Ah, so that's just a little bite of our Declaration of Principle, a small part of a longer document that Ernest Holmes, our founder, put together just before a radio show way back in the day. I don't know what year. He, they told him as he was waiting to start they were on the air that he would be asked what we believe. And he sat down and jotted down these basic principles that are the core of this teaching. Now, they've been edited some and changed some. And we have attempted at times to change the um, pronouns so that it's clear that it's inclusive of everyone, even if it says he a lot. Uh, it's not intended to exclude or be in any way uh, limiting. So, so that's a bit of what we believe, and you can find out more on our website, cslmidtown.org. You can also find out more by simply showing up here in person, bumping elbows with people. We do a lot of elbow hugs around here. We also do real hugs for those who are comfortable with it. 
So if you're interested in, in getting with some people who are on the same or a similar mindset and a similar path of growth, this is a place to do it. So we invite you to come and to join us here. Right now, I want to talk a minute about a practitioner. We I said those, some of those folks were practitioners. Practitioners are folks who are really trained in this teaching, in the teaching of the science of mind. And in their training, they learn how to, to accomplish things in their lives that are in accordance with what they desire to bring greater health, greater prosperity, greater freedom of all kinds into their personal experiences. And they also learn how to do that work for and with other people. And they, that's why we license them. That's why our national organization, international organization, licenses them and says these folks have proven that they know how to do this for themselves and other people. So if you if you got anything going on in your life that you're not too happy about or that you're wishing you had more of or less of or something different, I encourage you to contact one of our practitioners because they can help you walk through that and help you find a better way of life. So uh, you'll see that you can you, you'll meet one of them now and you've got we've got one and two here in the room. And um, it's an opportunity then to say, hey, I'd, I would like to talk with you. We also have them all listed on the website. You can go there and send an email and we will connect you up with someone. So we're here for you. That's our purpose. That's our point. So right now we're going to hear from one of our practitioners. I've worked with this woman as a practitioner since 2003, 2004. And uh, in Florida first, and now here. Uh, she didn't move, I did. And um, we've stayed in touch, our, even with big gaps. She is, uh, we, we sometimes refer to her as Reverend, even though that's a, um, an honorary title that she's been given by those people who know and love her. So I, without saying a whole lot more, I want to introduce you to our wonderful, fabulous, What's her name? Norma Roberts. <laughs> I don't believe it. <laughs> Take it away, Norma. <laughs> Good morning. Thank you, Reverend Bob. You are absolutely fantastic. I want you to know. I want to say good morning to all of you there. It is a good morning. It really is because we are here. But in preparation for this session today, I read several articles and a chapter or two in several books to answer my question that I had in mind. And this question was, what is work? My summary of all that I read is that work is really our means of self-expression. It is really our divine design. We all have it some way or another. Sometimes the work we're doing is not really satisfying. It's because we really have not tapped into that divine design that is within us. In the book, Do What You Love, The Money Will Follow, it stated that right livelihood is an idea about work which is linked to the natural order of things. Every species in the natural world has a place and function that is specifically suited to its capabilities. Current research on child prodigies tells us that 
they possess a burning desire to express themselves, to use their unique design, their unique gifts. In a similar fashion, each of us, no matter how ordinary we may consider our talents, we want and need to use them. Right livelihood is the natural expression of this need. I'm sort of reminded of a conversation I had recently with a friend who was talking so lovingly about her grandson. She said when he was around two years old, he loved to go to her kitchen cabinets and pull out pots and pans and, and beat on them with his hands. She finally gave him a wooden spoon to use. And today she said, at the age of 30, he earns money singing and beating drums. Ernest Holmes says, God, the supreme intelligence, has hidden within each of us the very essence of his own being and let us alone to discover ourselves. How can you possibly account for those inner strivings you have? The inward feeling that stirs within you, unless it is an echo of some deep wishing to reveal itself. Florence Scovel's Jen says, there is for each man perfect self-expression. There's a place which he is to fill and no one else can fill. Something he is to do which no one else can do. It is his destiny. It's determined that we should treat or pray for ourselves in this manner. Infinite spirit, open the way for the divine design of my life to manifest and let the genius that is within me now be released. Let me see clearly the perfect plan for my life. That is your demonstration because God wants you to reveal yourself. And now I invite you to just settle down and Take a deep breath and join me in our morning prayer treatment. I've incorporated a part of Ernest Holmes' meditation in this treatment, but I invite you to open your heart and accept as much of this treatment as resonates with you as I speak in the first person. I know, and I know that I know, that God is all there is. It is the very essence of everything seen and unseen. It created me out of itself to express that, that it is. I have a clear knowledge of who I am and what my purpose on this planet is. My mind is now free and clear from anything that would seem to contradict the un unlimited truth that I have limitless potential. Because my nature is one with divine nature, I am free from 
any confusion or doubt. Any and all ideas of any nature that tends to obstruct my good, my self-expression, my perfect demonstration is right now uprooted, totally eliminated, and permanently eradicated from consciousness. Believing that I am an individual in God and the divine person in my own right, I know that I have within me all the skills and knowledge to deliver in my work experience. I expect new ideas and new ways of doing things to stimulate my imaginative imagination in action. I now experience new and greater expressions of perfect health, exceedingly abundant wealth, creative self-expression that reveals my divine design and joyous personal relationships with everyone. I give thanks for a greater degree of clarity in all of my thinking. And I accept an even greater capacity to see and know truth directly and instantaneously. All that I perceive is God in action. And I now release this word into a law of mine that cannot return to me void, but must accomplish that to where it is sent. I relax, I let go, I let God be God. And so it is. Work. I love work. I could watch it all day long. I had some wonderful people show up at my apartment at my bidding uh, yesterday and they, day before yesterday, they cleaned it from one end to the other. They did the floors, they cleaned the bath. I loved it. I could just stand there and watch it all day long, even though they weren't, didn't take them that long to do it. It would have taken me all day long, but not them. Work. What rolls up in your mind when you hear that word? Some of you are probably thinking, I don't have to do it anymore. I'm retired. Well, I know from talking with some of you that being retired is, is as hard a work as work ever was because you've got time to do more things and you keep doing them and you get more on your list. And the first thing you know, you don't have any management except yourself for how you're going to handle everything there is to do. Words are interesting, funny things. This word work. Four-letter word, W-O-R-K. You know some other four-letter words, right? Love, thank you. That's one. We aren't saying all those others that may come to mind. You know, one, one of the problems with four-letter words is the etymology of, of language, in our, of English language at least, comes from two basic sources, the Germanic through the Anglo-Saxon and the Celtic. And in the Celtic language, words sound like what they are. So if you think of some of those words that are not to be spoken on 
in polite company like this, they sound just like what they are. Instead of mud or a bog, you've got muck. Now, you know what that is just by the sound of the word. You don't have to have a better idea of it. You don't have to explain it to anybody. When I was a kid, we used to, in the seasons when the, in Florida, when the, it would be drier, we'd go out to the lake beds and we'd gather up muck, which is just mud and dry it out off the bottom of the lake and bring it home and put it in my grandma's garden or sell it to people if they, if they were too lazy to go get their own. So, so you know, I'll, muck. Well, work falls into a little of that sense that some people it's a dirty word so we so we come up with in this teaching a better idea and that better idea is it is your spiritually guided creative expression i like that better than work because for me for many of us thinking about work is a really tough thing think about when you, when you wake up in the morning you're headed off to work you have to go to work. And your life is defined by your work. You spend eight hours at least. Nowadays, I think the average is more like 10 or 12 hours in our jobs. And, and we work. And we put out effort. And that carries all these wonderful ideas. But it also carries some other ideas that aren't so wonderful, perhaps. So, if you think about the idea of this word, work, and you think of what it gathers up and brings up into your mind, if it's anything short of the opportunity to do something fun and wonderful and be supported and be honored and loved, then you may not be doing the right work. You know? Years and years ago, I wasn't going to, yeah, I am. Years and years ago, I, uh, I first heard somebody say, if you hate your job, if you hate your work, you're not doing yourself or anybody else any good by doing it. I was sitting in a Science of Mind Center, the, our predecessor, previous center, and my partner at the time elbowed me really hard because he knew I hated my job at that point. I made myself go every day because it paid the bills. I had great benefits. It was all the things that... that work is supposed to do, right? It gives us all these opportunities to do other things. And I lived for the weekends. And I lived for vacations, which I got two weeks of every year, unless I wanted to take it without pay. And I enjoyed a lot of what I did when I got to my job, but not all of it. I enjoyed working with people. I enjoyed the, that part of it, but the, all the paperwork and administration and scheduling and yeah, all that stuff I did not like. Consequently, much to my partner's chagrin, I quit. Not the next week, but two weeks later. I had already decided in my mind what I wanted to do instead. I wanted to do private practice instead of working for somebody else telling me when to show up and who I could, who I could talk to. And everybody told me, you know, you, you can't just go into a private practice as a therapist. You got to spend, a, you got to get at least a year's worth of finances together. You've got to get all of these things in order and in line. You got to get your licenses all straightened out, which I had already done. And, and you have to really be uh, ready for that. 
and you have to make, build a name for yourself so you'll get clients because otherwise you just got a name out on a plaque somewhere. And I um, heard all of that and I said, yeah, but I can't keep doing what I'm doing. This is, this is killing me and literally felt like it was. So I quit my job two weeks later. I met someone at a meeting right after that who said, you know, I have a dear friend who's been doing therapy for years. He's, he's in this same field of alcohol and drug rehab and working with families. And he needs somewhere to send his clients. I went, hello. So over the next two weeks, I built a practice. I had a space to use. I, found, I sublet an office. And within a month, I had a full practice paying full fees full benefits. Now, that's because I had stepped into the role of who I really am and what I want to be and what my calling, is, as Norma pointed to, is from inside of me. You know, and there's a, there's a power that made that happen that isn't just about me. It wasn't just that I'm really special, even though I am, and so are you. But it was because I had learned a lot already about words and about how we use words, and about how important words are. See, it's our mind that is the creative function in your life. Everything in your life is a result of the creative function of your mind. Good ideas, not so good ideas. Wonderful, I'm going this direction, not so wonderful, I can't help it, i got to go this direction because whatever... whatever um, closing down and, 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 and impressed upon us by something else that we don't know we have the freedom to say no to, often lead us down other, other roads. But the mind is creative, but a thought that the mind creates is the action that you take. It's the first step in an action, is to have a thought. Now, you know what it feels like to be joyful. You know what it feels like to be supported. You know what it feels like to be honored and welcomed and, and, and treasured. Imagine that in your work. And the thought becomes, I am those things. I have a job that supports me in that. And that job may not be one like, like a, you know, a, a paycheck job. It may be a job where I just get to do that creative expression that is me and count on the flow of prosperity coming to me. But you get the thought. But the thinker, you're the thinker that creates that thought is where the real creative power is. Once the thought comes out and you say, I am thus, you have shaped something into form. I know this is a little esoteric, but hang on. Because from that thought then comes a, an example, an experience, a form, a function. From the thought of, I hate my job, comes all of the opportunities to find to hate your job. I hate my job. I said this morning on my way over here, I, I'm really struggling sometimes with time. Time is just playing really funny tricks on me lately. And I said I would be on time if I didn't fall into a vortex of some sort that would distract me and get my attention. Well, I said all of that, and, I, and it was kind of funny, and Jake and I were joking about it. 
and then I'm sitting here, and just as we're starting, the, the clock falls over and falls off, and the battery falls out of it, so we don't know what time it is. Well, I do now, because thank you, Lee fixed it. You know? All it takes is a thought. And these things that happen to us are the result of those thoughts. We create these things. And sometimes the word work is, can be such a hidden truth, such a hidden reality. You have to look behind it and into it deeper to see what is the creative process there. I talk about doing spiritual work all the time. Well, believe me, that is not hard work. That is not work in the sense of something that I dread doing, something that costs me a lot, something that takes a lot away from my life or my time or anything else. It is the thing that brings me such great joy to read, to meditate, to do affirmations and watch them unfold. That's exciting stuff. To set a goal and see it as not just a goal out there somewhere, but a goal that I am going to grow into becoming. And then watch and see how that works. And I'm usually surprised as heck by it. Almost said another four-letter word. I'm surprised because the way to get to that may be very different than anyone ever imagined. Hmm. I once said about when we were still at, at, at the academy, and we were shrinking in size and things were getting difficult financially, man, it would be so nice to have kind of a retreat place where we could just go be together, enjoy the retreat, enjoy the sense of presence and camaraderie and community that comes. And here we are. Now, I'm not saying I did that. COVID had a lot to do with that. It wasn't just Bob. But Bob's part in it was manifesting this space which several people in our community kept saying to me when we were first started looking for another space, you ought to go look at this, you ought to go look at this. And I thought I'd heard it was too rustic and so I wouldn't do it. And once I saw it, I'm like, I fell in love immediately. This is a beautiful location, beautiful place to be in the woods, no less. I love the woods. So I'm, I'm knowing then when I think about work that there are two basic tracks I can go down. You know, we talk about um, our, our train of thought. You, you get that first thought going and then it builds and it attracts more thoughts that match it. So you have a thought and a train of thought. Well, the train of thought is what I'm really kind of after today because once you think about work, what's the starting point and what is the imagined ending point? Where is your train of thought going in to take you? Is it taking you to a place of suffering and pain and sorrow for 25 years until you can retire? Or is it taking you, once you're retired, down a path of the train, to the train station that says there is, there's nothing more for you. You should just sit here and watch television and get old. That one I get pulled on me sometimes because I do love to watch movies and things on television. But that ain't where I want to live. And that's not the train station I want my thought to take me to. Instead, I want my thought to take me to greater and greater living, more broader knowledge and experience of what it means to be alive, of what it means to be fully embracing life and letting it embrace me and take me to the grand new adventures. I, ha I have a bucket list of places to go. I don't have time to get old. I don't have time to get slowed down. I've got too many places to go. Too many things to do. Too many things I want to do. 
So you get to decide what train of thought are you going to create because it's all about you being the creator. And if you create this, and, and you know, we get into these habits of thought. Once we get them started, sometimes they just become habits and you just don't even sometimes realize what you're doing until something happens. And surprise, oh, that's what I've been doing and thinking. Well, no wonder. Yeah, so you can lead that, that, that path down to frustration and agitation, or you can re lead the path on over to greater goodness, greater freedom, greater joy. And for work, I do believe that since anything I'm going to spend the majority of my waking hours doing had better be something I, that I find joy in, something that values and honors my gifts, whatever those are, however I'm bringing it forward, it needs to be something that is going to, to allow me the freedom to, to share the love that I feel for people, for events, for things. It's got to be a place where I can be of service to myself as well as to you and others. After I'd gotten into that private practice and been doing it for a while, I was on vacation, on one of those two-week vacations. Went to the beach, and it was so much fun. I got to plan my day, my schedule. I got to decide what to eat. I didn't have to answer to anything or anybody. And man, it was wonderful. I loved it. Spent about two weeks doing that. And I came back and say, I declared, I am going to live from this day forth as if I were on vacation. And I double-dog dare you all to try that, whatever your life is right now. Because... On vacation is where we, I felt free. I felt I got enough rest. I took care of my body. I had time to do that. I got my priorities straight about what mattered to me. And so that's what I think work ought to be for all of us, is that time and place where we get our priorities straight, where we have time to take care of ourselves, and we are deeply valued. I went on vacation with people I loved and people who valued me. So how do we turn around the situation if work for us is, is negative? If work for us is that taking us to that train station that we don't want or that if we had in our better world, in our better lives, we wouldn't have. I'm reading a wonderful little book right now by Georgiana Tree West. It's called The Ten Commandments of Prosperity. She's a, she's a unity minister. And you know what? She's wonderful. In the old days of unity, unity and science of mind were not that different. Unity and CSL were, and they still aren't in many places. The basic teaching of the two is, is the same. And what she says in her book, the second commandment, the first one is, you know, God's the only one. Take, don't take any other gods but God. The second one is the one about making graven in images. And her version of it is, you shall make no mental images of lack. Make no mental images of lack, including where your work is concerned. And especially there, since you spend most of your day doing it. And again, this is whether you're retired or you're on a paycheck. It's the same thing. So the first step is to decide what we're not going to do. 
Ernest Holmes taught, and when he taught about treatment, was that sometimes you have to deny before you affirm. You have to say to figure out what you say no to, and when you get clear about what that no is, then you know exactly what the opposite is, exactly where you're going to go next, or what the next better idea is. So, thou shalt not make mental images of lack. Hmm. See, that tells you what you need to grow out of. What you need to get a better idea about. Getting a better idea about work. First thing is, I think one of the most important ones is, what your work is is not defined by anybody but you. The job, if you have a job, doesn't determine or say anything about your work. Because that job doesn't exist if you're not in it. It's not your job unless you're doing it. And it's not your work unless it matches who you are and what your vision and purpose is. And, you know, we get too caught up with the idea that the work out there, the job, the people who control it and who tell us what to do are really where the work is and, then when our, and where the power is. So then when we retire, for many, many people... They're kind of wandering around. What do I do with myself now? Because the work has defined your own personal work. So one of the better ideas is knowing that your work is your work and no one else's. I loved it. Up there somewhere, there was, I think she said it, said it, that, you know, it's something that only you can do. No one else can do your work for you. It's really hard when you want to go on vacation and expect somebody else to do it. But nobody else is going to do it the same way. Because they're not you. They don't bring your gifts to the givingness of what the job is. Another great idea with this, what, to, what, what we needed to change is instead of changing, instead of thinking about what am I going to get from my job? Because if the only reason you're working is for a paycheck, that ain't going to be very satisfying in the long run. What can I give instead? What can I give more? If you don't hate, if you hate your job, you know how to get out of it, right? Other than do like I did and just quit. If you decide you need to really be there and you can't stop it, then instead start becoming more than your job is. Start growing. Start putting more of yourself into it, more of your love into it, more of your life into it. Now, in the book Power of Decision, or not Power of Decision, You Are the Power by Kennedy Schultz, he goes into a lot of detail about that. I'm not going to do that here because you can read. If you want to read it, it's not, you can get it on Amazon. Just one little section on how to, how to deal with work. And he was great about in that section because in his life prior to being a religious science minister, he trained and taught people in, in a rehab. He was a rehab person who did rehab for people's jobs and work and career. So he got a real clear picture of that. I'm not going to just spout it to you here. But I am going to suggest that in building this new idea, this new way to come at work, whether it's your retirement work. I mean, sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm not really retired, but when I feel like I am, my question in the morning or when I'm not sure what to do this day, because I still structure my own time all the time. What is mine to do today? Simple question. And so I journal and write about that. 
And it isn't so much what I was buying to do, but what do I want and require that I feel and experience today? I want to feel and experience love. I want to feel and experience value. I want to feel and experience excitement and energy and joy. And then once I clarify that in my mind, then the opportunities for all that begin to show up. But if we start our day saying, you know, another day I don't have a structure. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. I'm just, uh, if you're like me, then you'll either escape into some kind of addictive process where you don't have to think anymore, like television, or you, 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 you're going to walk yourself right into some pretty negative, painful kinds of things. You don't know what to do. Someone, something, somewhere will always be willing to tell you what to do. I don't know about you, but my family was always quite willing to tell me what to do if I didn't take charge of it myself. And, you know, I just get so mad at them about that. The truth is, it, <laughs> I was the one inviting them to do it by saying, I don't know. Well, you do know. You're a knower. That's the main thing you are as a human being. We're here to know. You're a knower, so you know that you know. And all you have to do is start there. I know that I know. And if you don't have a clue yet, something in me knows and will reveal to me at the exact time that I need it, what is mine to do, what is mine to be. Yeah. So start with who you are. Who am I? And where am I? I am a knower. Well, what am I knowing? I am, I am a center of the activity of the divine. My mental process is the divine thinking through me. Stand there first. Declare that first. And let that really sink in. I am. Where am I? I'm in a spiritual universe that is friendly and responds to my very, my deepest beliefs and my greatest desires. Yeah. And then, what is my true purpose today? Maybe not for the rest of your life, but for today. Some days my true purpose is mostly about loving on my grandkids. And that's a pretty cool thing. Giving them a ride to school. Taking care of certain needs that show up that I can do. And there's so much joy in that. What is my true purpose? I'm here to love. I'm here to give. I'm here. Of course, you have to answer that for yourself. And what if anything is stopping me or getting in the way? Is there a, in this great train of thought that I'm on, is there a sidetrack that wants to pull me off? A friend of mine used to say that, you know, the road to success is lined with many, many very appealing parking places and overlooks. If you've ever driven out through the mountains, you know how tempting it is to stop at everyone and look. There's so many sidetracks. When I was in college, I was hitchhiking across country with, with uh, an intention of getting home by a certain time. And, and I was picked up by some young guys close to my age. And their goal was to stop at every bar before they got to where they were going. Well, about the third bar, when I realized just how drunk they were getting, 
I jumped out of the front of the road and somebody else picked me up right away. So I, I, you know, that was back in the days when you could hitchhike. Don't try this at home, people, please. Not now. <clears throat> I wore my, my roommate's football jacket, and so everybody thought I was clean, clean cut and safe for some reason. So, but wherever those side roads are, you've got to take, have the discipline to know better. And the discipline is to step out of any belief that circumstances control you. No circumstances control you. You have power and freedom and the ability to choose and to set those choices in motion with your beliefs and your thoughts and to have them moving forward. See, and then you don't have to make all that happen. You don't have to figure out how to do, make anything happen. The only thing you have to make happen is getting the idea and getting very clear about it and then allowing the infinite to bubble up through you and out into the world and to bring about these things. And we're running out of time here, so I want to leave you with one story. Guy was walking around somewhere in Europe and came upon a place where they were, looked like they were building something big. And he walks up to this person standing out front and says, what, what are you doing? Oh, I'm cutting these stones. I've got to cut these stones. If I don't get them all cut and get them exactly the right size and in the right place, my supervisor is going to be all over me, and I may not even get paid. Wow. So he went to the next person and said, so what are you doing? Oh, I'm a craftsman. I'm a major craftsman. I'm making, I'm making these stones so they all fit together, and they're in perfect order, and I'm, and I'm just make, I'm perfecting my craft, and my craft is being great. Okay, good. And then he sees another person over standing kind of aback from everybody and he walks over to, to that person and says, so what are you doing? I'm building a cathedral. That's the consciousness we need to develop. I'm building a cathedral. And yes, all those other pieces go into it, but building the cathedral is my role and my place and my part and it's your part in your life as well. Take this home with you. Do it because you're wonderful. So am I. So it is. And now Vance. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Bob. Work can be wonderful. And out of that, we have prosperity. And flowing in prosperity is what I'm going to talk about. So um, to give online, you go to cslmidtown.org and click the donate button or click the QR code that's up on the screen. And um, in that, let's do our affirmation of prosperity. I live in a universe of abundance. As I freely and joyfully give, I join in the divine flow. And all that I share with life returns to me multiplied abundantly. And so it is. And um, if you're here in person, there's a basket in the back to give donations if you want to do that in person as well. The, um, if you are online or you're in the room and you're not online right now, go online, like our um, YouTube channel so we can increase the people that are watching that. Because um, that's the one way we get out into the world or not being in person, but here. And the same thing on our Facebook channel. Mm -hmm. And next Sunday, I will say this, is our anniversary. It's our 11th anniversary. Two weeks. Two weeks. Uh, two, weeks. two weeks. The fifth. The fifth. Right. 
My mind and the calendar are just not lined up. The so the fifth it's that time thing. So it's a potluck. Yeah, yeah, it's coming up. Um, I was ahead in my schedule. So anyway, that's coming up. So join us here in live in person. We're going to do a potluck that Sunday, and we we'd love to see every single one of you and you here. So with that, I'm going to turn it back to Dr. Bob. All right, thank you, and thank you, Vance. Next week, however. We have a nice surprise. Cynthia, Reverend Cynthia Paulson will be here as your speaker. I will be on a train somewhere by that time, hopefully in Alabama, uh, taking a train down to New Orleans for the after Mardi Gras party. I don't go for Mardi Gras. It's too wild and crazy for me anymore. I used to, but not now. Now I go after Mardi Gras and visit my sister and do some fun things. So I have a break next week. It's my Sunday off from here. However, you never know when I'll show up or from where. So be here next week. The talk title is all about prosperity. So it kind of builds on what I started today. She'll be here to do that. So thank you for that. And join me now in our closing. I leave this place now knowing something better than I knew before. I go forth into the world with a heart full of love and a mind full of good sense. I look at the world in a greater way, knowing that I have within me everything I need to create the life I desire. I give thanks for this understanding. I am grateful for the spirit of life that lives through me. And so it is. Thank you. We'll see you all next week and more.